0: I will. T- today we're in Mark chapter five on this uh, this journey um, through um, the Gospel of Mark through the course of the summer. I um, uh, remind you. Um, there's uh devotionals you can look at uh, on uh online or even some copies uh out in the the atrium and uh the one on on Friday um uh, actually looked at the was a review of the week starting at the end of chapter 4 and all the way through Mark chapter 5 um and, and because Mark put these stories together um in order to show you know the the power of God's kingdom over the evil in our world. Um, you know Jesus uh, began the, um, uh, uh, his, his message was was given back in uh, chapter one uh, that uh, um, he has come that the kingdom in him the kingdom of God the the reign of God the not. What we we're just singing about, rain, R-A-I-N, but R-E-I-G-N, you know, the rule of God, um, the the way of heaven, has now broken into the ways of earth and that that kingdom that that way of god's reign is greater it's victorious over all evil in the world and if you look at chapter 4 through 5 it's over the storms it's over the demons it's over disease and even over death um you'll see that so that 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 uh, is uh, presented as the great power of God at work in Jesus that is real in our lives today. And what the, uh, our passage today in Mark chapter 5 will look particularly at 1 through 20 as a, um, a representative of the, of the whole. And and part of it is just a I find it a really interesting story and fun to look at. So uh, at least I know I'll have a good time, um, and I hope uh, you do too. Exploring it, but it also presents you know the a little bit of the, the, the that sense of evil and hopelessness that can sometimes grab us, either in our own lives or just in the ways of the world. And as I was uh, looking at, at this passage, uh, as I sat with it and wondering, you know, how to capture that picture here that the whole gives of this sense of hopelessness of uh, the, of evil that, that destroys and, um, disease and death, um, I, uh, just, um, was thinking about it, the, um, events over the last several weeks of really high profile, um, uh, folks who are, you know, famous uh, celebrities who uh, took their own lives, you know, Anthony Bourdain and um, Susan Slade, um, you know, famous and, and wealthy and successful, who in the midst of darkness, in the midst of evil, in their own souls came to a place to that they were so hopeless, uh, so um, um, hurt um, that for whatever reason whatever the motivation was they said it was better to be dead than alive and you know that has brought up a number of um, realities in our nation today as well that uh you know more people in the United States die through suicide than they do of homicide um the uh I'm sorry twice as many um, so yeah, and 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 that that number over the last thirty years has really increased like thirty percent almost, and that right now the United States in terms of the the percentage increase of suicide in our our country is seventh. We're the seventh fastest growing in suicide in the world, which makes me think, man, there are a number of, of folks and, 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 people who in the midst of life of all types and kinds, um, face this kind of evil and, and darkness and, uh, destruction, um, that, where they're hopeless. And, um, now, Little caveat here. So the, the passage we're going to look at particularly is one of demon possession. Um, so in no way am I ascribing suicide and demon possession. So don't hear that. That, that is not, um, the case. It's much more complex and, um, uh, but this one sort of captures the, in a sense, that sense of hopelessness and evil as well that I, I think we see um, before us in in our land that that makes our heart break that, that can give us that sense of hopelessness even as those that are surviving if we have loved ones or friends who um, commit suicide that it can seem so um, hopeless and so what we'll see today is how Jesus in every situation wants to bring hope he wants to bring life he wants to bring real humanity. In the face of such um, such losses, whatever that might be, and it, that Jesus is is greater. The, the love of God, the life giving power of the Holy Spirit, is victorious through Jesus um, at uh, at every turn. So let's uh, let's pray together. Uh, gracious God, we thank you for your written Word, and we pray that your Holy Spirit will. Um, uh, Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive from you. And then free us and our hands and our feet then to act in accordance with your good and perfect word. In the the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, Mark chapter 5 starting with verse 1. This is Jesus now and the disciples. They came to the other side of the sea... "...to the country of the Gerasenes. And when he'd stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs, with an unclean spirit, met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. For he'd often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart." And the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me for he said to him come out of the man you unclean spirit then Jesus asked him what is your name he replied my name is legion for we are many he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country now there on the hillside a great herd of swine was feeding and the unclean spirits begged him send us into the swine let us enter them So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The swine herds ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion, and they were afraid. Those who'd seen what had happened to the demoniac and to the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. As he was getting into the boat, the man who'd been possessed by demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused. And said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Jesus and the disciples are in on this boat, cross the sea, they're going to the other side. Uh, it's uh, almost uh, uh, always, no matter what side you're on, the other side is usually the place that's the scary spot. It's the unknown. It's uh, the, the one that is different from your own. And here, this place, this other side, it's scary, it's overwhelming, it's impossible, it is hopeless. And they get to the other side and they experience that. It hits them right in the face. I mean, the garrison welcoming committee comes and it's just in one person as they get off the boat. And we find out he is really the first zombie. He is one who is alive but is dead. He, he's, he's living and breathing but he is dead. The he he lives and sleeps in the graveyard. That's the place where he can hang out. And we find out a little bit later, his closest living neighbors are about a thousand pigs. So for someone in the first century, a Jewish here, this place is bad. It is scary. It is unclean. It is ugly. There is nothing welcoming about this place. It's, it's Gentile unclean zombies. And, and this guy is scary and powerful. They they try to hold him in, right? So they 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 put shackles and chains on him and send him into the Spring Grove Cemetery, and they say you stay there, but he refuses. He cannot be shackled by human means. We're told in the passage, as it describes this, that he um, was he, he even hated himself howling, self-mutilating. And we're told the crowd around him tried to tame him. Same word that's used for animals is the word they used for him. What, What has been lost here is any semblance of him being human. He doesn't See himself as human. He doesn't act human. And neither does anybody else around him. See him as human. So he. Is forced to live there. And that's where this dead man lives. Or this living man dies. But then Jesus. And and that. We see is is a that's a okay arrangement it seems for everybody. I and mean, as we see a little later, we we'll talk about this a little later. You know, the rest of the community they're good with that. The, the The man has lost his voice completely and totally. Maybe it comes to a little bit, and then the demons are good with that until Jesus shows up. And so then they the, the, when Jesus shows up that's then when the the demons take over, and they come straight to Jesus in this fascinating conversation I mean it's fascinating interaction between uh, the the two um that that ends up being like, you know, almost like, well, Jesus, you're going to pull up a chair and a table and you're all going to have tea together? I mean, what's really... I've, I've had two instances in my life where I believe there was demonic presence obviously there. And in those cases, I did not have a conversation with anybody but Jesus. <laughs> i like, God, help. Be present in this moment. Jesus, you got my back. Holy Spirit, take over. Let's move <laughs> here. I didn't want to linger and find out anybody's name. <laughs> but because Jesus is sitting there, just hanging out with this guy, and he's finding out his name and story and interacting with him because he he did not once need to call out to a higher power because he is the highest power. So because of that, because he's the highest power, because of his security in the reality of the kingdom of God and its power over anything and everything, he does not respond in fear ever and he can stand there and even even interact with the demons with courtesy and what what he finds out that it's not just one but a host of demons legion that are have uh, um, that are in this man that have taken over this man and then they you know, and they they try to have a power struggle with Jesus but Jesus has nothing to do with the power struggle there. It, it, uh, in, in those days, if you, um, you know, called out the name of the other person in the, the spiritual battle world, that would give you power and authority over that person. So when the demons come and they, um, uh, in, in the man, they face Jesus and they say, you know, they, they call on him and call him the son of the most high God. It, it's not an act of worship. It's an act of dominion. It's a power struggle. They're trying to take over power and tell Jesus, "We know your name. We know who you are. We are more powerful than you." To doesn't work at all with Which then Jesus you know, interacts and interestingly says, "Well, tell me your name," which is almost an act of humility. To say, well, I don't know your name, so will you tell me your name? And then they do, but they, they, they know that they're just playing games. The, the, the evil and the powerful evil that is dehumanized this man, that's dehumanized this entire community is now before Jesus and they quickly realize this is going nowhere. Jesus, don't throw me out of the country. How about putting me in those pigs? And what's fascinating in 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 these events, a couple times people ask Jesus to do something and he he says, okay. So the demons, here you go, in the pigs they go and then we're told the pigs then run into the water and they all 2,000 of them die. Now, in in, um, in first century Judaism, you know that would have been a sign of how Jesus destroyed. He, he in a sense he destroyed two birds, two thousand birds or more with one stone, because the pigs were unclean, the demons were unclean, and Jesus combined them and destroyed them in one fell swoop to show his power and victory. In today's age, um, uh, folks would be, man, that's a lot of wasted bacon that we could have had. <laughs> so, got to understand in first century, it, uh, uh, for the Jews understood Yahweh that that, that, that was not um, that was a sign of his power, and that was um, a, a sign of of the kingdom being victorious and making things right and clean again. We see here that that Jesus indeed is the one who in this, what almost because of this interaction we forget, is this scary, overwhelming, impossible, hopeless situation. In the power of the kingdom, Jesus enters in and brings life. That Jesus reigns supreme. Even in the most horrific place you can imagine, in your soul or in the world. Jesus, I mean the whole notion of the incarnation of God becoming human, means that theology and our understanding of God does not stay just in our head, but is lived in our lives. In this real world, in this broken world, in this place where there is evil still present and active, even in our own soul. And we see in these stories and in this story where the desperation of a man whose voice we can barely hear through this conversation comes through and is heard by Jesus, and He brings his kingdom, his love, his compassion, his grace, his healing. It may be for you, maybe for friends that, that you have a place of no hope, uh, just speaking personally for now, you know, it may be some place inside of you where there's no hope. Where it's overwhelming, where it's scary, where you don't want to go there. You don't want anybody to go there. I'm telling you, just like with this man, whose voice we couldn't hear, Jesus is already there. And in the seriousness of, of our age and what mentioned before about uh, suicide if if that is you, or if that's someone close to you, maybe who's confided in you, I really not only invite you and beg you to let somebody else know. It's it's why we have the the ministry um, of, of care and counseling, in what we used to call the White House, but now we call it the Counseling Cottage. That's why they're there. Who would who they they want to connect with you. And help you see where Jesus is in the midst of that place you think is absolutely hopeless. That you've tried everything. You've even put chains on it. You've shackled it. But it continues to break loose. And so now you're you're running from it and you're hiding from it. Jesus is there. Again, what we... Want to do, particularly through that ministry, is just to help you in the midst of, not, this is not, this is scary, overwhelming, hopeless, just like here. But Jesus is present. Don't become part of the zombies of the living dead. Be alive kingdom is among us. Jesus is here. There may be also another place uh, around you that you see that is hopeless, that is so filled with evil that you have now ostracized or dehumanized or separated it, put it in in shackles away from you, just in your world. Whatever it might be that Jesus is there, too. I mean, there's plenty of uh, ugly things that are scary, overwhelming, seemingly hopeless in our human perspective. But Jesus is there all around us. Now, we as as a church, we, we dive deep into some of those places. Whether it's homelessness through Interfaith Hospitality Network and other ministries, whether it 's racial reconciliation in our life together as a church and engaging in our world, whether it's uh, caring for for children, whether it, it, through an education system uh, that for, for many fails them, who families may be in trauma. And you see that particularly in the foster care system. A variety of ways that we as a church, we don't know how to fix this at all. But we believe Jesus is there and so we're going and we'll be a part of it. And we'll see where his kingdom will break in. Now, it's interesting then that the rest of this story then is how the people responded. You know, so here, here is Jesus entering into this hopeless situation now that we find Jesus sitting there. You know, instead of having tea with the, the, the man with the demons in, now he's just having tea with the man. And we're told he's clothed and in his right mind. And the people come and they see it. And, you know, usually you would think, he's clothed in his right mind, that how would the townspeople respond? They would celebrate. They're like, wow, what a miracle. But I think they understand the depth of the situation and just how evil and broken and the power that overwhelmed them. And now they're saying, this was so powerful we couldn't control it. And now one more powerful than what we had seen is now on the scene and has um, victory over them. Please Leave. We had a nice situation here. He knew where he was supposed to be. We knew where we were supposed to be. And it was nice and clean. Would you just please leave? We'd rather have that. Living death. Dehumanization. Than we would have you in our midst. Who can bring life out of death. And light into the darkest place. yeah you know, I think what what we're, we're seeing there is uh, the, the same thing last week we looked at the, the seed you, know, and the fact that you know, the seed is the word and what Jesus is doing in the kingdom, that the kingdom is near, and He's spreading it all over the place, but most of the soil didn't receive it. So if, if we as, as followers of Jesus we're like, okay, I know Jesus is in the midst of whatever the, the broken places around us are, and so we're going to be in the midst of it. And, and things might happen, even that bring healing and, and, and hope and, and success, and we rejoice. Don't expect necessarily that the world's gonna jump on the bandwagon. It it doesn't always. As a matter of fact, it's sometimes it's just plain and simple scare. Of what happens when the kingdom breaks in. But so the the people, they say to Jesus, would you leave? And so again, the the demons say, put us in pigs. Jesus says, okay. And then to the people that are there, he, he says, okay, you want me to leave? Okay, I'll leave. And he gets in the boat. So two requests that have been Answered by Jesus in the affirmative. Then the third request comes from the man that he healed. And he comes at Jesus and he, you know, is begging, hey, let me go with you now. I am yours. I am following. I am with you wherever you go. That's where I'm going. And in this case, instead of it being three for three, Jesus tells this guy, no. So the two people that were opposing Jesus, Jesus said, sure. And the one person who's like, I'm your greatest fan now. I'm following you to the end. Jesus says, no. And he's fulfilling the work of the kingdom. He says, no, I need you to stay here. And I want you in your Decapolis. In Decapolis here, you're now a witness of what the Lord can do. You now, you, you stay in this dark place, in this hopeless, scary place. You stay because you're now a witness to what the Lord has done in your life. Where, where, where for you is that place? Where's your decapolis? The, the place where Jesus is saying, now I've, I've got you here. It, it it might be scary. It might be hard. It might be out of your comfort zone, but I've got you here to be a witness to what I have done for you, how I've brought you healing, how I've brought you life, um, out of death. I need you to stay. You know what? ends up happening with Decapolis. It means ten cities. And one of those cities is Damascus. And Damascus will pop back up a few books later in the book of Acts. It's the place then where, you know, the first missionary, Saul, Apostle Saul, Apostle Paul, where he was first um, encountered followers of Jesus. Now we don't know this, but it would certainly make sense that if this man here was the first witness to Decapolis, that what he did then planted seeds that grew and took fruit that became the church that then was the place where the Apostle Paul first met believers and started on his journey. Now, the man would have had no idea. Jesus would have known it all along. For us, as well as a church, he has placed us here. To stay in, in Decapolis, or Decapolize. Is that uh, how you pluralize it? I don't know. To stay there and be a witness in the midst of places that may be scary. In the midst of places uh, that may seem hopeless, but we know Jesus is there. Let's pray.